Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com, or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a nice review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Lots Thank of nice reviews, please. Yeah, please, yes. Five star show. Six stars. <laughs> if there was a six if star. If there was a six star, I'd give it six stars. Yes. Uh, obviously, you can tell that Logan is here today. Hey, everyone. Uh, hello, Logan. Hey, Thank you for what's coming up, over. Joey? What's up? Thank you for coming <laughs> over. Sometimes I just throw him down the chair and I hit record. So, since Logan is here... For those of you longtime friends of the show, what we're doing here today, just in case you're a newcomer, we are doing part three of our year-long four-part David Bowie tribute and retrospective. All year. All year long. This is segment three of four. Four will be coming up towards the end of the year. Yeah. But for now, we're going to focus on, we, we've basically done the quote-unquote classic eras, uh, Era one and era two. We got yeah. we got from early days into the Ziggy stuff, into the Blue Eyed Soul stuff, then White Duke, Berlin trilogy. Yeah. Now we have parked it over here. Kind of divided up into seventies and a couple of parts there. Yeah. Now and we're starting to get into the, the probably probably not as much as not as much material coming out from him. Yeah. That that goes for everybody too. Yeah. But for some reason, once the eighties happened. Record labels were very... It seemed like they were starting to get very gun-shy of just putting out a record by someone every year. Right, every year. So we're getting into like people waiting two years now. And that, for those of you that had been buying records for a long time, that was really weird, really I guess. Really strange. Like, man, when is that new one? I'm sure you've had multiple conversations with your friends during the 80s. Like, man, when's their new record coming out? But I think this is a good place to start a new era in part three because... This is where I came in. Okay. Uh, and I, I like to do personal well, yeah. stories when it comes to right. these kind of things. I'm sure you're going to have it a was, lot more of a memory here at this It was point probably the, the time I was aware Yeah. more more so. Yeah. The first thing I ever saw was the Modern Love video. Right. That was probably my first impression right. of him ever. Right. And I think that's a good impression. I rewatched the video today, actually. Did and you? You know, it's it's fun. He comes across really well. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'd go to that show. I mean, it's it's a perfect stage video. Do you look at the set list from that era? I've seen the show actually. Pretty, oh, oh, okay, right. The, we watched the, Serious Moonlight yeah, together like forever that's right, ago. That's yeah. right. And they I was made great that, sets. Yeah, and I made that joke that half of his band looked like they were on safari, right. and the other half of the band looked like they're in Big Bad Voodoo Daddy or something like that. With the guys snapping their fingers right. on the side, wearing the hats and doing the background vocals. I got suspenders. Yeah. And David's like, I'm going to wear whatever suit I want. You guys just figure it out. Right. You know, so. And, of course, the Let's Dance tour, which, of course, followed the Let's Dance album, which was right. released April 14th, 1983. Some fun notes about this. It was recorded at the Power Station in New York City. Right. One of the rare times he did a full album in New York City. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And the Power Station studio... Produced by Niall Rogers, who right. was definitely on a big role as a looking, producer. Yep, he was Just, looking for something yeah. real groovy, and Niles was going to give that. Yeah, and immediately after this album, he did Like a Virgin. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right, he did do yeah, that. Yeah, so he was just like Boy. on fire. And that, once again, shows how much Madonna was following right. uh, Bowie, because Bowie. that's yeah. no coincidence, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. 
other fun notes about this album, of course, most people will always reference the fact that Stevie Ray Vaughan is right. the guitar player on this album. Although he did not do the tour because he was not willing to get paid scale, which Bowie was notorious right. for doing. But hey, that's fine. We got, it's called the business, kids. Yeah. You get your Earl Slicks and your right. Carlos Alomar's more than willing to step in and do right. that tour. Yeah, I think it was like $400, $500 a week. Yeah, something like that. You know, and if you're playing like four, you know, four or five shows, yeah. you're getting paid 100 bucks a show. Yeah, maybe. Something like you that. You know, for just a couple, of, well, you know couple but, hours but anyway but the other thing about it is from what i heard is that stevie also was pulling the card that he wanted to open oh really yeah i didn't hear that one mm-hmm. wow yeah i knew his manager was like no yeah we have something else going on yeah and it it was probably a good move for it was a good people. move for for everyone i think yeah. and speaking of I, I mentioned that the name of the recording studio was the power station that was the same studio where the ramones recorded some of their initial albums in yeah and Tony Thompson is the drummer on oh, Let's right. Dance. So the power station he was in the is where, power they, got, station, where right. they got their name Did from. Did he do that tour with them? I, Tony Thompson? I, I think he did, actually, because he's in the video. Right. So he must have been doing the tour. I mean, yeah, I He must know. have. Well. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, another fun fact about this. So, Logan, I'm going to put you on the spot a couple of times this on this. It's a quiz. Pop quiz. It's a quiz portion. Now, technically, there are two cover songs on this album. Technically. Mm-hmm. Can you name... I'm sure you can name one easy. Yeah, China Girl. Yeah, which I mean, was, that's that's the obvious. It's, it's one. It's like a half cover because Bowie wrote it. Well, yeah, with Iggy. but but Iggy didn't Iggy do it on the Idiot first? Yeah, yeah. So. But Bowie was a part of that album, right? Right. I think maybe even Ivan Crawl might have co-wrote it with Iggy for a while. I know, but I do know that Bowie had a hand in the original version, so it makes right. it basically a cover. It's half basically cover. well, yeah, yeah. So you know what the other one is? This is a weird one. Just go ahead. Yeah, Criminal World is also a cover. It was really? recorded by a band called Metro huh. in like 1977 or 78. They were like an art rock, glam rock band. Sounds like they would be. Yeah, and that song, Criminal World, was banned by the BBC as a single. So that's where Bowie, I guess, took note of that. There we go. And at some point, eventually, he was like, maybe if I cover it, maybe it'll get played and I can kind of throw it back in their face. Right. Maybe that was the idea. I don't know. but It's called business, baby. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, like I said, huh. my first impression of Bowie was this was Modern Love. I really, you know, because we don't we try not to do obvious singles and stuff like that stuff yeah. you can hear on the radio every day. We try to do it's that kind of here on the hard record to, to to wiggle around though. And it's really just it's top heavy in the sense yeah. of the success because all the singles are on the A side, right? With the exception of Cat People, right? But Cat People is the least popular single out of the record, yeah. you know. So yeah. you can kind of uh, yeah, and Giorgio Mordo right. uh, co-wrote that by right. the way. But I really wanted to play Modern Love, so I think I'm going to do the thing that we do sometimes here. Where you just go, oh, go ahead. Well, I'm not going to play the original version. On the 12-inch, or I guess the B-side of the single for Modern Love, there is a really cool live version of it. Oh, cool. And also, if you have the Sound and Vision box set, it's on there as well. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with a live version of Modern Love. So check it out, kids.
Kicking off the show here this week in part three of four of our Bowie tribute, our year-long Bowie tribute. Year-long. That was... David Bowie. What a big surprise that is. Yes. Modern Love, a live version. You can get that on like the Modern Love single, or you can get it on the Sound and Vision box set, which of course is an excellent box set. Most excellent. Yeah. And we were just talking about that. I was like, oh, that sounds like Tony Thompson Tony on the Thompson, drums. Tony Thompson, yeah. And I was just like, oh crap. I completely <laughs> failed to mention that Tony Thompson was in Chic with Nile Rodgers, which is probably how he got uh, the call. Yeah, we... Uh, yeah, the would-be John Bonham replacement, Tony Thompson, we, uh, by the way. We fell through on that one. So I'm going to rewind it but just a back. A little bit here, okay, and give well, maybe not quiz on you. Oh, sure. But we talked about how uh, Cat People was on Let's Dance, yes. Well, Cat People was released in 1982, yes, it was, which is a gap year that we're, we're working with, sure. The only other thing he did that year that was released was a song with a young man named Ming Crosby. 
Oh yeah, that the was little they... drummer boy slash Peace on Earth. Yeah, that was when it which finally... I'm not sure if that was really released as much as it was part of a, a, a holiday special yeah, back then. It, it was so. finally made available uh, to as to buy because it, it right. hadn't been available to purchase from its initial airing back in the 70s. Right, and so it, now it's become like the song at Christmas time. And it was yeah. years before it actually showed up on on CD. Yeah. We'd have to dial forward no, a, a, a little bit because I actually held out and bought another compilation years later <laughs> because the third disc was just that one song. Oh, wow. Just <laughs> that one. Because you remember those days, they'd yeah. make a CD single, yeah. and it was just that one song. Wow. Well, Jeez. I went ahead and bought another compilation <laughs> just so that I would have that one song. Yeah, I think I had, I was doing a little bit of research and I found out about that. Uh-huh. I found out that that special, apparently when it aired in the 70s, I think right. it aired somewhere around 78. Yeah. Because on that same special is where they supposedly debuted the promotional music video for Heroes as well. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Okay. So that wow. was his, that might have been David kind of going, hey, I'd like a solo spot <laughs> right. in here too. Because even even his solo and uh, his Peace on Earth solo, yeah. that was all uh, laid in later. Yeah. Because if you notice when they cut into his part on the video singing that, mm-hmm. he's doing it in like a picture-on-picture thing. Right. And he went back and said, I'd like another shot at this, and I yeah. want to kind of put this in. So huh. he was still like workshopping See, that's that something I learned. From the get-go. I didn't know that part. Yeah, so. Cool. Very Kind cool. of a diva thing to do, however. Right. You know, but hey. you know what? Once again, <laughs> yeah. what's the theme for him back at this point? Oh, it's sure. still he's, he's so He's so business-like. Yeah. But without it seeming overtly too business, I mean, not yeah. anything that the that the public sees is, sure. is one of those yeah. things. Meticulous, he, I think, is a nice. But he's word. always he was always working behind the scenes, whether he was on a seven day binge of coke or or not. Yeah, you know, he was exactly. still signing papers and making deals. So yeah, let's move forward. Absolutely, and moving forward to September first of nineteen eighty four, which is. Actually, an album that's not very heralded, even by hardcore fans. Right. But it's one of those ones that I really like. Yeah. I like the Tonight record. I think I, I think I can reel back and uh, kind of go, well, you know what? That wasn't as bad as I initially thought it was. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's definitely more of a sister album to Let's Dance than it is a prequel to Never Let Me Down. Right. Yeah. First of all, so it's got that going for it. Yeah. By the way, he recorded this in Canada, which he didn't do that very often either. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I think Montreal or I something didn't even like that. I did notice that. Uh, Carlos Alomar plays guitar on this. I just right. wanted to make a note because Carlos is a long time. I was going to say, Bowie and guy. I think he would contribute for quite a number of years yeah. after this. Yeah, he's no, he's no stranger at this point. No. And once again, the Iggy Pop Factor makes its way onto tonight because Iggy duets on what song? Uh see, I knew you were about to you were about to turn over here and look at me and I was looking away because it's I, unfair. If you yeah. haven't heard this in a while, he actually it's, it's performs on Dancing with the Big Boys <sighs> and on the song Tonight, which is goes back once again to right. the Iggy Pop solo era, is a cover of That's Iggy right. Pop's Tonight that I believe that is a pop crawl right composition. But Iggy doesn't duet on him with it. You remember who duets with him on that one? Wasn't that Tina Turner? Yes, it was. It was Tina Turner. Yeah. And 
I'm, I'm glad. Tina Turner, <laughs> do you remember the Pepsi commercial they did together? No. Tina and Bowie did a Pepsi commercial. you got to look it up. It's, of course it's on YouTube. Of course it is. Just type in David Bowie, Tina Turner, Pepsi commercial. God. They uh, <laughs> they do a re-recording of Modern Love. And oh. I, I want this. Like, I mean, it, this doesn't exist on anything, but I, it's the original. I don't even think it's the original music or anything. It's all re-recorded. Bowie is playing a mad scientist who is like putting some sort of weird potion together and he spills Pepsi into the potion. Oh. It's like a, it's like a Dr. Frankenstein thing. Right. And so when the machine Frankenstein, Frankenstein, thank you. Uh, as, as Pepsi gets poured into the machine, the, everything goes haywire. And Wait a, a minute. Bunch Does of Tina get a hold of that? No, Tina becomes the creation of, oh. of <laughs> Tina Turner comes out of the pod and she starts singing modern love. And they're, and because Man. it's it's if you remember the tagline at this point we're such children of the eighties the the choice of a new generation oh that's right so that's instead right. of get me to the church on time it's the choice is mine right so the choice is Pepsi I have to go back and find that oh man maybe <laughs> so, maybe we, we'll watch find, it during this find yeah. a way to yeah, rip, we'll, we'll rip that during. audio man for sure I'll <laughs> I'll, awesome. I'll try to get it on this yeah, episode that's pretty sweet. Then we're back. Right. So <laughs> Tina Turner duets on tonight. They actually did that live together on Tina, yeah. like I think at Wembley. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a cool show. Great show if you haven't seen that. But once again, going back to the Tonight record, I really love the Tonight record. Blue Jean had the biggest rollout probably for any video up until that point. It was an on the hour, every hour MTV exclusive. Well, who yeah. else was who else was going to play? It? Sure, sure, but they but had it was the also like a like a mini film. It was like a fifteen minute feature. Yeah, at the at beginning, because I remember that day. Yeah, I remember it too. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna sit here at <laughs> one o'clock and I'm gonna watch it, and then I'd walk away for forty five minutes and then come back at two yeah. Yeah. because I was just a, there's nothing about that song that I don't like. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. It still holds up for me. Yeah. It's yeah. it's probably one of my, at least a top ten. Yeah, so I was I was prepared to play Love and the Alien, but right. do you want to do Blue Jean? We can totally do that. Man, e- well either one. <laughs> if if I had my coin flip app, I'd I'd uh, just coin flip it. I'll tell you what. I'm sure most of the listeners have heard Blue Jean, right? And I love Blue Jean. Love and the Alien's a fantastic song. I There's think that would be good wrong with it. to represent the album tonight. Because if you have a Best of Bowie, you have Blue Jean. So right to kind of. Uh, 
sell you on the Tonight Record. I think you should check this out. This is the opener, and it's like seven fucking minutes long. Right. But great. <laughs> just rewatch that video again. That's a weird video. Right. As, as, as slick and as expensive and well done as the Blue Jean video Jazz is. for Blue Jean. Yeah. Was, jazz, was, yeah. Which you can get the full length. If you have the Best of Bowie DVD, oh, that, that two that. DVD, oh, yeah. it's an Easter egg on there. You have to look up Holy how God. to access... The Jazz and for Blue Jean video is on there. So Shit, I didn't even know that. I've had yeah. that for yeah. ten yeah, over at, ten at years. Yeah, fifteen years, easy. Easy. But, yeah. Oh so wow. Go 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 check that out when you get well, home. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. And after that, they showed the Love and the Alien video. The all all seven minutes of it. I think they don't think they edited it for MTV either. No. But not that it really got played on MTV. Right. That was the other thing. What the it, four times it was played, maybe. Yeah, because it's a weird video. He has a robot mariachi band backing oh, yeah. him up, something like that. <laughs> They're all like covered in silver, and yeah. and it, it, I, I don't want to spoil the concept, but it, it's it's weird. It's no, it's a great song though. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and play it from the Tonight album. This is Loving the Alien.
There you go, Loving the Alien, the kickoff track from the Tonight record. Hope you enjoyed that out there. 
and go check out the video for that. Go check out that Pepsi commercial we talked about. I think I'm going to put that up on the Facebook say, put, page. Put it on your Facebook page yeah, just for Rock Strikes Down. Yeah, just in case I can't rip it because that YouTube ripping is they they blocked everything at this point. So I got to get around it somehow. That's trippy, you it kids is, and your technology. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. But they they uh, they stay updated with the kids on and the hackers for sure. But. Anyway, that well, all being said. Great commercial. That was really yeah, fun. That was super fun. I, I totally had forgotten about it. That was really cool. I just wish that audio existed because yeah. Tina, Tina singing, singing Modern Love is the shit. Tina yeah. do that? Yeah. Man. Uh, all right. Moving on to February of 1985. We are getting into an interesting block here because uh, it will be three years before David Bowie's studio album. However, Which is pretty unheard of. It's like ever. Actually, forever. that's the first time that's happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Because even like scary Longest monsters. Stretch. Scary monsters. There was between scary monsters. Let's dance. Oh there yeah, is there a was. There was a three-year stretch. But it's one of those things. Much like this period right here, he's always putting at least something out every year. Right. To where you don't notice that he's gone so much. But I yeah. About that. Yeah, about but that. yeah, it's like it's because of the creative output, you know. Right. Yeah. He did under pressure and yeah. Happy. Right. Right. But getting back to February of 85, this song comes out. Uh, this is not America, which is, we're going to call this an odd and end because it doesn't go on a studio album, and it appears on a soundtrack, from it, what it, I understand. Now, I remember it. It was on the soundtrack to Falcon and the Snowman, oh, yeah. a film with Timothy Hutton and about okay. espionage and all that nice. spy shit and whatever. Timothy and he, Hutton or Timothy Dalton? I think Hutton. He was young. He was young. It was about. It was. I, I think it was supposed to be a based off a true story. Y'all can just Wikipedia sure, yeah. that and 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 sure, give sure. this a one star rating because I got my facts wrong. I but I will tell you <laughs> a couple things that it was on the Falcon and the Snowman soundtrack. That okay. was it. Okay. It was the only thing. Yeah. Uh, only thing I could find it on. Yeah. And it was also written with. With and this is a new name. Would would have been a new name for me at yeah. this point, but written with. Guitar virtuoso Pat Metheny. Yeah, not only that, his the entire Pat Metheny band is the band on this. Is track. the entire band, and it's a it's a really kind of a peak because after going back and you know seeing who was in his band, um, I believe Lyle Mays. Who and, and once again, you can give it a one star if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Just give it to me, not to Joey. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, his his band was really really peak at this point. Yeah. Um, not that his Pat Metheny's put out a whole bunch of horrible material. Some of it you probably won't enjoy as much. Sure, it's it's an acquired it's, taste. It's it, it's not for everybody. Yeah, but I love this track. I yeah. love this is not America. It's yeah. it's not really as much Bowie, and it's not really as much Pat Metheny. It's yeah. it's like experimental. It's, like it's, it's like an atmospheric ballad. Basically. Yeah, maybe it yeah. is leaning more. More on on the Bowie's experimental I think so side yeah um, at, at a no la point, Berlin yeah at no point do you not realize this is not a David Bowie track so that, that's exactly the whole thing I guess it. Pat Metheny fans were pro- probably a little bit more pissed because where's it's Pat? like a, it's like a sellout yeah. in a sense like you know yeah it's like it's like Mar- uh, was it Whitten Marcellus like used to whip his brother's ass for like right. doing more mainstream gigs. You know stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, it. it's it it it's a good track. I I, I really like it. I'm, I was, this was another one of those songs that oh it's on this compilation. I'll buy that. Yeah. So because I can finally have that on CD or or whatever it is yeah. now. So. They they made it way easier for fans later on yes. because it's pretty much on any Best of Bowie, especially yeah. one that goes a tad deeper like like the two disc Best of Bowie. Right. Right. So. Whenever you get to those those 
comps that that are more than a single disc, yes. then you're guaranteed pretty much that they'll be on there. Absolutely. So. All right, Good you're song. Gonna, you're going to enjoy it right now. This is David Bowie along with the one and only appearance on Rock Strikes 10 of the Pat Metheny group. Or just, is it? <laughs> you have to wait a while. Right. You have to wait longer than Tool fans, <laughs> that's for sure. So here you go. This is This is not America. Ooh. There you go. 
David Bowie duetting with the Pat Metheny group oh, on, yes. on This Is Not America from 1985. And I need to mention this before I forget Uh-oh. that there was another odd and end in 1985 for David oh, Bowie yeah. that we're not playing on this episode because, number one, it's pretty much just the subject of ridicule for especially Fairweather fans. It's easy to pick on. It is easy to but pick on. But the Dancing in the Street cover, I do have to admit... I am a decent fan of it. I bought the 45 when I was a kid. Of course you did. Had the instrumental on the B side. I recently bought the 12 inch. Did you? Oh. Which has a dub mix of it on there. A dub I, mix? Yeah, and oh that's my. what the reason I bring that up. Uh, also, additionally, is because I feel like there was a missed opportunity on This Is Not America to put in like a dub reggae version of it. I mean, how cool would that be? <laughs> I mean, I really yeah, think that that would really add to the song. Very well, yes. And of course, Dancing in the Street, it debuted, debuted. world premiered during Live Aid, because it's part of the Live Aid charity, the single. Yeah. And so David had double duty that day, because he was on stage. July addition. 13th, 1985. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember that day, too, but I know oh, you definitely remember that day. Yes. So. Yep. And the great John Reagan plays bass on that song, which he'll get brought up later on this episode. Hey, John. But until then... So we got that one, another one-off, and then yet another one-off. Uh-oh. There would be two more soundtrack contributions just this year alone, which once again kind of just gets it in the public eye that, hey, right. this guy hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. But in March of 86, there was a song called Absolute Beginners, mm-hmm. which that was from the soundtrack for what? Absolute Beginners. Ah, yeah, there That's you go. That's a trick question, huh? Yes. I, I'll just go ahead and say I watched that part of the Best of Bowie DVD like all over this morning so right. I could get you know, reacquainted with reacquainted, some of this material. Yes. I've listened to all the albums recently within the last week, but I do like the Absolute Beginners video, and the song itself is really strong. I actually like the song. Yeah. I like and the song. It was fun watching the video because it's the non-edited version because it's always the single edit on the Best of. Right, I, yeah. I get it. There is a bit of a filler on there, but... I, I'm going to try to grab that for this particular segment. Right. So if I can, I think I'll be able to procure a original OG non-molested version of Absolute Beginners to play for the people here. So the people deserve it. And you do. If you're listening to this show, you deserve the best. You've made it this far. Yes, and you're going to get it right now. And I got a fun pop quiz for Logan Uh-oh. after this, and it concerns the song. So until then, enjoy the real version of Absolute Beginners. Check this one out. Take 
right, there you go. That was Absolute Beginners by David Bowie. The original version. That should be the six, seven-minute version, something like that. I hope you enjoyed it out there. You probably always heard the single edit on any best of worth its weight. Yeah. Uh, so, I always try to oh. make a note of interesting personnel right. on any Bowie album or track sure. or anything like that. The piano, a very prominent piano, oh, I will say, was played by Rick Wakeman. The great, oh, the, that's right. The great Rick Wakeman, of course, yes. is Yes. Yes. And so, that was not the first time that Rick Wakeman played on a David Bowie song. The answer is, what is life on Mars? So, anyway, fantastic. Rick Wakeman. And speaking of fantastic, three months later, in June... June 23rd, 1986, saw the release of one of my all-time favorite movies. And, of course, Bowie's participation in this definitely adds to your overall enjoyment of this. It's Codpiece. Why? why? Everybody has to bring up the Codpiece. Stop. Stop with the Codpiece already. It's enough already. This is the part where I take that wrestling thing and kind of tap out. This is not a, a huge thing on my list. I could skip it. Okay. That's just me, though. That, that's you. We're definitely not skipping this, though. Carry on. Yeah. It's like in my top 20 Desert Island movies, actually. I understand. Marking I, I, off my list. I own the poster. I have. Uh, I just recently bought the 30th anniversary Blu-ray for Labyrinth. Where's your poster? It's in, it's in the living room that you oh, see every time with you all walk the movies. in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I just bought the 30th anniversary. Very nice. Uh, 30? Yeah. 30 years this year. Yeah. And a very classy tribute to Bowie in the special features and, I'm sure. and in the book, of course, you know. With and, this cod piece? Yes, with the freaking cod piece. Let me know. Just because you I'm hate done. it doesn't I'm mean done. you have I'm, to bash it. I'm just done. I'm done right now. Well, here's a fun fact for everybody else listening, not including Logan. <laughs> David Bowie was not the one and only choice to be in Labyrinth. According to... Huh. Jim Henson's kids, like Brian Henson, who had a massive hand in this movie, Jim Henson's original idea was Sting. Really? And his kids, including himself, said, Dad, that David Bowie guy, he's, I think he's probably a better fit for this, and huh. he's a little cooler. Like, that was the thing. Because like, Sting has acting uh, credits as well, and he has the same kind of stoic nature in his cinematic approach. I would... I, I, I could would, see it. Yeah? And I'm just thinking about how that, I don't know. I just think Sting is the Goblin King, though. He would have been more stoic and evil, as opposed to Bowie, who's a little bit more flamboyant. He might have been a little bit more... um, He would have been way more stoic. Yeah, well, not not just stoic, but also, I think he would have been a little bit more devious. Yeah, oh yeah. Looking, and not as fabulous. Yeah. I mean, and and I don't mean that as as, as a knock, but Bowie had this... I mean, Bowie has just glamour written all over him anyway. Sure. Yeah. Whether it's 1970 to... 86 to 95. To, to 2016. <laughs> yeah. The guy is, is GQ fabulousness all over. Yeah. So, 
I, I'm, I'm since you're kind of already tapped out on the labyrinth subject, I'm going to get yeah. you even more off the path. Oh, do I get a quiz? I get a no, no quiz for you. I'm just going to throw in like a massive sidebar for right. any of you friends of the show that are huge Kiss fans like I am. Oh, there's here we two go. Kiss references to the personnel of the labyrinth soundtrack. One is the the guy that plays bass on the entire album is a guy named Will Lee, who played. Uh, for David Letterman in the world's most dangerous band and the CBS Orchestra, along with Anton Figg, who's the drummer. Right, right. So they were the personnel on the very first Ace Frehley solo album. Well, And Robin Beck, who does background vocals on a lot of the name. songs, yeah. she was a background singer mostly just for people on the road and stuff with right. Session. She recorded a version of Hide Your Heart. That's how KISS fans know her. But the other cool thing about this, which I think will wake you up a little bit, not only is it Robin Beck doing background vocals, but an old friend of David comes by, and you know that choir on Underground, like where they're like, you know, like really going for it at the end. Yeah, sure. Luther Vandross. Oh, okay. Sissy Houston. Right. Danny John Jules, who was one of the Fireys in Labyrinth, and also right. from Red Dwarf. Okay. Uh, and some fireys. other Fireys. Yeah, the the fiery dance. You know the. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You haven't seen the movie it's in probably forever. Part, yeah. yeah. But um, another great song and dance, man, Danny John Jules. And some other people I'm forgetting. Okay. But Albert Collins also has a credit on the Labyrinth soundtrack. Albert Collins? Yes, blues legend Albert <laughs> Collins is in there somewhere. I'm gonna I guess, guess Carlos I'm, wasn't available that day. Maybe, or maybe he just like kind of, hey, dude, I don't know. He was working next door or something. Yeah, that, oh, that's how those things usually happen. Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of stuff like that happens. That, yeah, so, it does. How funny. Yeah, so that must that's have been a... That's a funny part. That's a fun session. So... I think I have played, actually, every other Bowie song on Rock Strikes 10 from Labyrinth, except for the obvious one, Underground. So I'm going to play the full-length version of Underground right You've now. You've basically played the soundtrack to Labyrinth on in, this show? In a sense. I played As the World Falls Down, I played Within You. Okay, don't, so, don't quiz me. There's only, like, four Bowie vocals on the whole thing. So. Oh. Yeah. And the rest oh, okay. Of it's, the rest That's of, right. That's right. The rest of it's score. Who, who did the score? Trevor Jones. Trevor Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So Who's Trevor Jones? I don't know. Score guy. <laughs> That's it? it? Trevor, I'm assuming he's British. <laughs> Trevor know. is a British name. I'm going to Google him we'll while you We're going to all Google him while we listen to this. I'm going to do that. This is the full-length version of Underground. Check it out.
So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Thank you, Logan, for Googling Trevor Jones during that. Cause he's, I in a, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I should have realized he did the score for Dark Crystal as well. That was yes. another big one. Time Bandits. And Time he's, Bandits. And he's South African, not British. But maybe he's a Brit South African. South Africa. Yes. Free, he did iRobot, too. Ooh. Free South Africa. All right. We're in the 80s, after all. That's a big movement. That is a huge movement. <laughs> okay. Moving on here. Okay. Could be another show. April 27th, 1987. Bowie finally puts out another studio album, and, and the, world the crowd goes, goes mild. mild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never. Uh, here's here's the thing. I always used to joke, "You're safe in anything, Bowie, if you're getting the catalog." Just remember, these that, are not the years. Well, no. Just remember this: almost the lone album to not get. You get. You're almost safe with anything, with the exception. 
exceptional exception of Never Let Me Down. It's an ironic title in that sense. Yeah, there's there, there's like a 1A and 1B that you could probably go with here. Yeah, but I, I have and, a few more I, to talk I, about I, on I, this I special, think, I actually. think we'll get to that one a little bit yeah. in a little bit. So so the for, for better or worse, I could give you some interesting facts about this. Other than that, I'm pretty much laying out on this album. Okay, I even did the geeky scoring system, right. the rock and roll geek scoring system for this album the other day. Right. And if I'm being nice, right. it scores at its nicest 25 out of 100. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's being nice. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 I have almost zero love for this album. And the one song I'm going to play you and off the, of it is... And the tour was the, the Glass tour, Spider Tour. The Glass tour. Spider Tour, which was like a million dollar it epic was, It budget. was an epic tour, yeah. which I got a ticket for the day after... The show. Oh, did you want this? It was a floor seat. Don't think that wouldn't have gone. Yeah. So I still have an I have an unripped glass spider tour. What's that going for? Who knows? I don't know, I man. Don't, I don't, that could yeah. no. Yeah, okay. Anyway. It, the glass spider tour. Come no. on. Okay, so playing lead guitar on this album, Carlos was, Alomar. I think he actually. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, yeah. yes. A childhood friend of yes. Bowie, who his dad taught Bowie. And his later, like, kind of, for you Americans, high school levels, mm-hmm. O-levels, I think, something like that. And I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, but the father that taught him, his son, also became yes. famous later on. That's right. And his name was? Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton. And he did the tour. He did the tour. And this was at a time where Frampton, he even admitted this, really needed the gig. Yeah. He was not doing well. And this also ties into another guy who's a very good friend of Bowie's who was not doing well at the time, Iggy Pop. I need to bring this up, because this is a good segment to bring it up in. Yeah. Iggy Pop went on record also saying, when David was, I'm going to put these words in his mouth right here, short of material, right. and he would start using songs that we wrote together on his albums that, for better or worse, were commercially successful. He's got three albums in a row where he's using Iggy's material. Yeah. And Iggy gets uh, you know royalty rates, he gets the checks for him. If he yeah. hadn't have done that, Iggy said... Him doing that saved his life. Because Iggy was at a point in his life where he was so messed up. And the only way he could make money at all was to tour. Because his albums don't sell. Yeah. But the money was on the road. Yeah. The more things change, right? Yeah. So he's like, Bowie covering my stuff, I was able to stay home and actually get clean for the first time in my life ever. And if he hadn't done that, he would have died. Wow. He credits Bowie with saving his life because... His back was up against the wall. Right. There was no money coming in because no one's buying his records. No, no one was buying the Stooges record yeah. or the Idiot yeah, or, they, they're, they're, in, or anything. Yeah, and people herald them in retrospect, but right. they weren't buying them then. No. He no. didn't have enough money to stay home. So. In ni- yeah, in 1980... Whatever. Five, 86. <laughs> yeah. what, let's see, what year was this? Yeah. 86? This is 87 for 87. Never Let Me Down, but, but, but it started but in 83. Nobody, nobody's, like, giving a shit about the Stooges. Yeah, yeah well, then it's, it's like... You notice that after a couple of years, after Let's Dance come, comes out, 85, 86, all of a sudden, Iggy shows up again. Kind he's clean. Yeah. He's he's like Blah, back. blah, blah. Yeah. And and Bowie, of course, helped out on yep, those helped too. helped out on those records. But you could tell he was healthy and yeah. he was ready to go. And right. then that was because of David. Strictly. And he would explode even, even 
more. Yeah. Uh, uh, like just another four or five years later. Oh yeah, the best thing that Iggy could do was to become an elder statesman. Yeah. Uh, him living saved his life too. Yes, like him, him it saved living, his career. Him living was was good for the industry. I yeah. think. Yeah. Honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on that principle, on an otherwise terrible album. Never let me down. I, I can't even beat around the bush on this. It's a bad record. It's boring. The songwriting, yes. the, the lyrics aren't even there. This is no. fucking Bowie we're talking about. And it's like, as much as I really like the Tonight album, there are those of you who might bash the Tonight album. There, you cannot. Oh, ton- Tonight's like Led Zeppelin four. Well, yeah, but you compared can, to this, you can cannot. You could not convince me otherwise that no. these are definitely just throwaways from tonight, right? Like, and it just has to be because the lyrics are so bad. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not compelling. The arrangements are boring. The productions. It was dated the minute it came out. I don't think I've ever heard you talk like this, Joey. It's bad. I mean, it, it, it is bad. It's because I expect more. I mean, really, in this sense, you kind of should. Well, expect it's David more. Bowie. Exactly. So, I hold you know. it. You have to hold it to a high standard. Don't ever get this album. You might not even <laughs> like the song I'm going to play here. <laughs> You might not, like, day in, day out, you tried to watch that video. I turned it off, like, halfway. I could barely get through half of it. And it's a music video. That song kills me. It's it's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. Okay, so we're we're out of material. We're definitely using throwaways at this point for this album. I'm I'm speaking in this. I'm going to go get a beer and finish this. But the last song on the album, once again, it's an Iggy Pop cover. Right. And it's, it's actually one of my favorite Iggy solo songs, so... They took the terrible production of Never Let Me Down and added it to a really good Iggy Pop song right? with mixed results. But that's what I'm picking for the record because what the hell else am I going to play? Right. So check it out. Maybe you've heard the original I've never heard this version. So this is David Bowie attempting Iggy Pop's Bang Bang. This ain't the right thing to do. So... So let's So let's go Now you are 
By David Bowie. Oh, by the way, I failed to mention a really super fun factoid about Never Let Me Down. Oh, this is... is it, it features a, and I'm not making this up because you can't make this up. It features a guest rap by Mickey Rourke on the song Shining Star. Even better, huh? Even better. <laughs> a guy who was even too weird for Bowie, from what I understand. So anyway, weird. moving on here. And we're definitely moving on in every possible way. Absolutely. Because Keep going, then. Here's how the story goes. And I mentioned this on part two. One of the great Bowie docs you could watch is actually something that was produced by VH1 back in the late 90s called VH1 Legends, David Bowie. Go look it up. Our friend Mark Striegel had oh. a hand in that. And it's got great insight directly from Bowie at that time. It's great stuff. And I'm going to be paraphrasing this a little bit, but here's how I understand it. During the Glass Spider tour, at one point, at one of the gigs, an old friend of Bowie's, and I know that he's an old friend, I don't know from how far back, but I even think it might even be back from his folk days or something. An old friend of his named Reeves Gabriel right. turns up at a show, and it's one of those things where David initially is like, oh, hey, hey, mate, you know, like, day, come, mate. To, come to see the show, you know, like, it was already the end of the show, it's right. like, and... If you're, I guess, if you're a guy that grew up with anybody that gets famous, you don't have to kiss their ass. You're already in. Right. So here's what Reeves does, apparently. He's like, what'd you think of the show? Reeves goes, David, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> and then Bowie, in, in the interview, he goes, I, I told him, I, I guess I'm just doing what's... Ex- Going through ex- the motions. He's like, much. I'm just doing what's expected of me. Right. And he goes, this isn't it, man. And... That's where it starts. That is the wake-up call that Bowie needed, apparently, to get his brain back. To get to get moving in a different direction. So, in the important figures of his life, that guy right there deserves oh, yeah. a massive handshake and hug. Yeah. Because he said, let's get back to basics mm-hmm. and like how far you want to go. It To the point where, we, when you hear the results, you're like, they probably just lock themselves in some sort of small ass space with two guitars, a bass mic stand and a drum set and said let's figure out what we can do with just this. See what we can do. Yeah. 
And uh, with and Reeves I think, is super creative. Yeah, and he, a he's, super creative guy. It's at least uh, at least on the 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 retrospect of it, you're yeah. like, because I've seen this this guy perform yeah. a, a couple of times, yeah. and he's a phenomenal guitar yeah. player. Yeah, highly innovative, highly interesting, Extremely. ahead of his time. And from what I understand, he's the guy that got Bowie into Nine Inch Nails, which. Makes sense. Doesn't surprise me no, at all. No, that doesn't surprise me at all either. So, just a little over two years after the debacle that has never let me down, yeah. on May 22nd, 1989, an album came out that nobody was expecting. Fans alike, I don't think that the press knew what to make of these guys, but a band called Tim Machine, and this is a band, and they made a conscious effort to say this is a band effort. Right. This is not a David Bowie album, despite right. the fact that David Bowie so, is the front man and exactly. singer. Exactly. David's playing guitar again, which he hasn't done in a hundred years. Right. And not only is this a back to basics album in, in the sense of how David is coming from artistically, it's a rock album. It is not only a rock album, a heavy rock album. Right. I was going to say it is a rock album yeah. for for anything that he's done in his career at this point. Yeah. This is. A rock album. Yeah, and if they got any good press from my personal experience of my memory of this album coming out, and I actually didn't even buy this album initially, but oh, I was really? very much aware of it because the magazines I was reading mm-hmm. were covering it. Tim Machine was getting coverage in Circus Magazine, Rip Magazine. Really? The, the Metal Mags. See, I was not buying the Metal Mags yeah, at this point. They but, latched onto this. But for me, simply, I was like, oh, David Bowie's in that? Yeah. Sure. Sure. And it goes I, even further without, than the magazines. Without knowing anything else. Yeah, it goes further than the magazines because, uh, do you remember those hard and heavy video magazines? Yeah, uh-huh. They were in one of those and participated in it. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> and that just further proves the point, like, it's a rock album, but it's a heavy rock album. This is one of those gems that if you don't have it, you got to go pick it up. Tim Machine is an excellent album. It's like... It's it's where they came from. It's all it's a group of guys right. who are about forty, but they came from working class, and this is the stuff that they grew up listening to. Right. But it's also uh, marriaging with what's going on right now. Yeah, you got you got a lot of uh, early alternative bands and even the metal bands making noise. What year and was this? Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's, that's a right there, point. right there yeah. on, on on the cusp of what would essentially be termed now as alternative if if not just straight up college yeah college rock but with a little bit more of an edge to it so yeah Yeah. and when you yeah no this is a great record and i know that that you've kind of turned on on to kind of digging uh tin machine too yeah so yeah or at least appreciating it a little bit more yeah and i want to talk about that too because what i'm going to go ahead and do is i think it's after do a double shot we're going to do a double shot here both 10 machines wow that never happens yeah we do it occasionally i know yeah yeah. but you know it doesn't break format either no it It doesn't just means we won't talk as much (laughs) right (laughs) but yeah so david reeves gabriel hunt sales and tony sales who are the sons of soupy sales So yeah, go figure that out. Yeah, yeah you know, roll that. Google that one, kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and he was a funny guy. Is another thing I real will have to recommend before we get to the music here, and my picks for Tim Machine One and Two. You kids, get on after this episode. Just write this down on your notepad, on your phone, or analog, whatever. 
go look up Tim Machine playing a song called Heaven's In Here, which is oh, the kickoff yeah. track from Tim Machine 1. There is a perform. It'll be the first thing that pops up because it's a performance from Japan. And it's closing out their show, even right. though it's the first track on the first album. Irony. It's a 12-minute version where really? they're just killing. I'm just destroying this stage. They're not, like, destroying their instruments or anything, but, but they're Reeves, rocking. Just, I, I, I guarantee you Reeves is... Oh, Hunt point, is also oh, like the... Really? Hunt is just... He's like the Ginger Baker on stage. I really? mean, he is just... I'm like, whoa. Because I even said, this guy's like an Iggy. Right. And I come to find out, he used to play with Iggy. So there that's how go. he probably got uh-huh. in there. But man, everybody's killing it. It's just like, whoa. So go watch that. If I had the audio of that, I'd play it right now. But I'm going to play another song. Probably the... If you have to pick the heaviest song on this album, in, in, in an album where the, the video, Under the God, you know. Yeah, Under the where, God. Where yeah. uh, they show up and they have like tuxes on. And yep. then David rips his jacket off and they just start playing this heavy yeah. ass music. They're stage diving. There's people running into Bowie. Right. It's, it's a great, crazy video. So that's another thing to look up. But I'm going to play you one that I said I actually wish, because there's still time. Right. I would love for Iggy to cover this song. This is such an Iggy song, if there he'd ever have, was one. You'd have to pay David, though. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> you'd have to pay him, but it'd be worth it. This is just Iggy. It's the best song that Iggy never wrote. So from Tim Machine 1, I'm going to play Crack City. Oh, yeah. that's damn good. Yeah. and You could say anything for Tim Machine 2, and I wouldn't remember yeah. it. And and Tim Machine 2, I it, it was just, I don't, I don't think I ever saw a worse reviewed album in Bowie's career than oh. Tim Machine too. Not even Never Let Me Down, I don't think, got trashed I know, as much. It's pretty close. But Tim Machine 2 was just bashed. I don't think for... I mean, here's the thing on Tim Machine 2. I definitely recommend the first one. Maybe but, that's my 1C. <laughs> right. As heavy as I could recommend Tim Machine 1, Tim Machine 2 is not as good. Right. But it's not bad either. It's... It's not as heavy either. I need to go back and listen to it. But it's damn good. I'm okay. gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a pretty damn good rating. So it w- if I was doing a geek scoring system, right. it probably is right around seventy five out of a hundred. If I had it just off the top of my head, it's Tim Machine Two. Yeah, probably like three oh. quarters. Really good. Okay. But uh, what I'm gonna play off of that actually is kind of an oddball cover that they they take this song that's like a, a really cool wistful song uh, from definitely from all of these guys fandoms canon early influence Roxy Music. Uh, I believe it's off of the first Roxy album, and it's a song called If There Is Something. So they take that and make it like a hard rock song. So here's a double shot of Tim Machine. Enjoy. Turn it up, because you're going to want to. This is Crack City and If There Is Something.
right, I hope you enjoyed that twofer here. Black from Doesn't happen often. Enjoy it. Yeah. Tim Machine one and two. Definitely get Tim Machine One. It's a lost gem. Tim Machine Two, not bad either. Get it used on Amazon. Sure, why not? Do There's, it. And you if you if you get do the or thing actually, I do where you got the, the David oh, Bowie yeah. remasters with the faces oh, on the right. spines of the C D, there is a Tim Machine with the face on the spine. So uh. yeah, good stuff. Not for the second one though. <laughs> <laughs> or else I'd actually buy it if it was. That's true. So, oh yeah, uh, fun fact, Hunt Sales, who definitely is a niggy, because do you know the, uh, they, they did a live album too, called Live Oy Vey Baby. You know, Hunt Sales right. was yeah. d- having a fun little dig at U2 there, and that's Oy Vey yes. Baby, yes, the post doctor Baby. Yeah. But they, he wanted to put out a second live album called Use Your Wallet. Use your wallet, like use your illusion. Like, oh, use your yeah. illusion. So they, they, right. they did I, record. I fully another, support that. Yeah, they they did a recorded out live album, but I think it got <laughs> canned anyway. But we're moving. It is the thing, David. On such a oh, sorry. Go ahead. And I was going to say real quick. I'll I'll insert right mm-hmm. here, 1989. Because were these Tim Machine records? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When no, when when were those? Oh yeah, so the Tim Machine albums. May of '89 and September of '91. Sound and Vision box set comes out. Yes, right, right in this this line. And he does the Sound and Vision All Request Tour, right? Right, and so that was also like a tremendously like, who is this David Bowie fellow for a lot of youngins? Sure, yeah, you know, because I remember uh, getting a lot of. That's whenever I started to get questions from my, from the youth. Yeah. Who is this David Bowie fellow? Yeah, and that changes and, Bowie and, best of. And it like, completely, I mean, it completely, it's like a research for him, honestly. Yeah. Because that Sound and Vision set, I, I think this is whenever the Fame 1990 mix came yeah, out. which we're not and, playing. Which we're, we're not going to play. We don't have to There's play. There's no need to play that. But, but at the same time, this is a, 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 a time to where people are rediscovering or yeah. just discovering who David Bowie is? Yeah, and the Ryko remasters come out, right? With all and the Ryko, right? Because I, you know, I have that Sound and Vision, Sound and Vision box. Yeah, and that was. I, I have the, I have the reissue from 03. Well, but, yeah. I have I have the Sound and Vision box that's LP, and then nice. uh, like the next year they kind of abbreviated it and turned it into the Changes Bowie yeah. compilation set. Which, that was the first Bowie CD which I ever owned. That's that's the one that had the the disc with the. Crosby little drummer boy song. Oh, you bought the the bonus yeah. version with that. The See, three the that, three yeah. disc version, nice. which should have been really the two disc because it's just one song. Yeah, you I can gotcha. fit it I anyway. Know. I gotcha. I divert. That's okay. We're going to move right along, and what's, yeah. what's next? I'll tell you what's next after okay. after the Tim Machine records. Which, if if I told you that Bowie went and just recorded the outside album a few years after you'd be like no i get that yeah but he didn't no and i consider this next album especially to be and i hate to say this because there's some really cool people involved on it yeah including john reagan and including nile rogers and people like that but uh, the black tie white noise album it's i i realize that a lot of the songs on here weren't even conceived as part of being on an album because it was like supposed to be like soundtrack music for his wedding, which right. I only know of two music icons that ever did that, Prince and him. Oh, did Prince do that? Yeah, too? he he did, wrote a whole full length for his, wow. to be played at his wedding. Anyway, wow, and I have it, but you um, have that? Yeah, okay. I'll tell you later. But <laughs> um, 
On April 5th of 1993, this Black Tie White Noise album comes out, and I think it just completely killed the momentum he had after the 10 Machine albums, yeah. because this this definitely sounds like the follow-up to Never Let Me Down. Yeah, it does. So from that perspective, he followed up his last solo album. This this is what going hell? back to that, that 1A, 1B. Yeah, but it's just like... Because it's, it's, it's not very high on my list at all. Yeah. I mean, whenever my pool on it is that the best song is a cover song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can you say about an album where that's the case? Two cover songs. Well, actually, there's, there's more than one, but there's a notable cover of I Feel Free, which is not... Uh, right. But uh, the Cream song. Right. It's terrible. It's just but, not... But here's, It's not notable. And you want to know the sad, reality, the sad reality of that is? That's the last time him and Mick Ronson played on a song together. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's a notable footnote in history right there mcronson has left us now at this point. crazy that's crazy so it's but yeah like, this is I mean, you know he, he got married in 92 releases this album in 93 and he's in a we, very good mood now he, he's doing he's, a ton he's of like, press he's he's getting it all over the place man yeah. i mean he's like living life all yeah. over again he starts going for the what's next factor because he thinks that, i know he realizes musically like he's incorporating some hip-hop he's st- well some, and, and some, you know because like futuristic he wants sounds. he still wants to be relevant yeah new he's, there's new age stuff on here it's he went like, from being the 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 leader to the, the leader to the follower exactly yeah. so yeah this this is a transitional record for yeah. him i think and you know he started to enhance a lot of technology on the sound there's like a lot of cd-rom stuff yeah. that he got involved with around yeah. this time so yeah. he's doing a lot of neat things but the least interesting thing that he does at this time is the it's actual put out the album record itself <laughs> and like i said i hate to say that because there are some cool people involved in it please forgive me john reagan but i just yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go along with this record. But yeah, my my favorite track on it is a, a cover, and yeah. actually, you spoiled it for me. But um, it's 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 a cover from uh, Morrissey. Yeah, which uh, supposedly, according to what I read about it, uh, he said that he was intentionally trying to do Morrissey doing him. Right. Which was. Like which kind of like the eh, eh, I see what you're doing there. Hey, kid. I've hey, seen kid, this, hey, I've seen this movie before. So Bowie doing a Morrissey cover, but trying to ape but Morrissey, trying to ape Morrissey. Oh, yeah, man. What's what's this from kinda... anyway? What what do you know the original uh, version of this? Uh, you know what? We'll, I don't. I, yeah, I, we'll, I, we'll, I, we'll, I get honestly, we'll get it. We'll get it. Honestly, would have to look that up. Yeah, let's put the song on and then we'll come back with that. Yeah, so. that's. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's good for me. So from Black Tie White Noise, this is David Bowie doing a Morrissey cover of I Know It's Gonna Happen Someday on Rock Strikes 10.
I, I know it's going to happen someday from Black Tie White Noise. See, I think you should... And that's not indicative of what this album sounds like. This song sticks out like a sore thumb in the best possible way on this album because I think he should have done more of the crooner type stuff on this. Yeah, it, it, if he's going to do something, right? And and for me, this this is just this is his Smith's cover yeah. to me, or for lack of a better term, yeah. Morrissey cover. So what did we I, find I, out? I, I I didn't find anything. Oh, okay. It it didn't highlight it at all. It just said no. that it was written by Morrissey. Okay. So I don't know if he, maybe he wrote it for him. Maybe he hit him up. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not we'll come back with with breaking news on part four. <laughs> yeah, twenty three year old breaking news. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right. So let's uh, speaking of twenty three years. This is also twenty three oh, years old. The last song on the show here tonight. And you know, I, I realize that on this four parter, that this is going to be the weird one of the four <laughs> because on the fourth part. You're going to hear a renaissance. You're going to hear some really cool, interesting songs. And there's a few on this one, too. I'm not going to lie. I, no. I've enjoyed a lot of these songs no, on here. Yeah. But you're getting the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, this one right here, I just tried to re-listen to this one again recently. Not my favorite. It's, <laughs> but that being said, it's the it was, it, second or third worst Bowie album. I, it was one of those records. I was actually living in a different city at the time and so the ambience of it fit my mood Fair enough. i appreciated it back in 1995 you were living in austin right austin yeah okay and there's and a lot so, of there's a lot of instrumental stuff on here yeah it's it's particularly most instrumental yeah because this i i never i never look at this album as a true bowie album because no. it, it was intended as a soundtrack and a right. score piece. well it is a score piece for a, a bbc show called buddha of suburbia yes and 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 that's there's that's there's is. no bones about that yeah. i mean you know yeah. but it's it, it's a david bowie record it's sure. not like it's not like the labyrinth record where bowie has like four songs on it sure and and you know only participated that much. Yeah, and he wrote the whole he thing. He did the soundtrack to this BBC show, yeah. and yeah, if you're, if you're I, looking, if you're I'm looking not going to sell it to you. Yeah, but if you're looking, you can definitely cherry pick off this album if you you're could. looking for atypical Bowie. If you're looking for, at the very least, when I say instrumental and David Bowie in the same sentence, if you're looking for Berlin trilogy type stuff, right. you'll hear remnants on like Some. two songs, like yeah. two songs, and I can guarantee yeah. you that. Uh, but yeah, it's like there's like three songs where he's doing vocals all the way through, and there's yeah. like a couple of songs where he says the same line over and over again. And they yeah. loop it. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a rough listen. I'm not gonna lie to you, but if you're in the right mood, it might hit you well. It's like Logan talks if, about. If you like soundtracks and and are used to like the Gaito monks and stuff like that, sure. You know where where you're just you, you know yeah. it's it's super repetitive. Yeah. But at the same time, it, just remember, it's a soundtrack to, yeah. a, to a television yeah. show. And another highlight of this album, though, is the, an early version of Strangers When We Meet, which appears That's true. on a later record. That's true. And another highlight, you know, I think, I think I'm think i going to go with the title track here. Yes. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to play the reprise version, which is the full-length version at the end of the album. Yes. Because here's a fun little gimme here. And I don't think people realize, especially nowadays, what a pretty ripping guitar player this guy is. But Lenny Kravitz guests... Oh, on that's the right. I forgot about that. Forget, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Lenny Kravitz throws down on this track. So check it out. Kravitz does do a damn good he, job. He does, yeah. He does. So closing off part three of our four-part David Bowie year-long tribute, this is the title track to the BBC show, Buddha of Suburbia. 
Closing off the show here this week in part three of our Bowie year-long tribute. That was the Boot of Suburbia featuring Lenny Kravitz on the guitar there. Lenny Kravitz. Hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you come back for part four, which will be happening, let's say, in a couple of months. Before the end of the year, for sure, because that's... A couple of months is December. Yeah, I, I realize. It'll be for Christmas. Yeah, yes. 
Uh, we can get all depressed about losing yes. Bowie during the Christmas season. So Nothing says, I hate Christmas like losing Bowie. Yeah. However, it's going to be a very stellar block of songs yeah. because we're going to start with Outside, I believe, and then finish yeah. up with Black Star. So yeah. going to be some stuff in Should there. Should be some pretty good stuff going on. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a lot to say, a lot of personal things to talk about. But... Until then, just stay tuned to Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10, including this, The Synaptic, featuring our friend Randy Brown on True Alternative. Hey, Randy. And Chris's blogs, Last Theater on the Left, and The Wrestling House Show, all things on hey, cnjradio.com. Sorry, CNJ Radio. Yeah, Crystal yes. Japan. <laughs> yes. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. There you go. Only hardcore Bowie fans will get that reference. Right. So. <laughs> All right. And Logan, thank you for taking the time out to you come bet. on the show. I know you got to get out of here, and we're going to get out of here. And last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the outro song. Spacebeard. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for additional information, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Rest in peace to the memory and legacy of David Bowie and to all the musicians that helped him create this amazing music along with him. Even Peter Frampton. Even Peter Frampton. Great guitar player. Yeah. And everybody else, we'll see you on the next one and future episodes. Have fun. See you soon.